Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray, Father, that your will will be done through us who are here, fellowshipping with you. Dear Jesus, please, as we fellowship with you now, please grant us of your spirit and grant us of your grace. May your words be to us spirit and life to quicken our souls once again to walk in the way of righteousness and truth that we may be empowered to become sons and daughters of God. Dear Father, we are living in the hour of temptation and it's all around us. We pray that you shield us, keep us from these temptations and help us that as we continue our journey on this earth, we may be kept from evil, but that we may walk in righteousness. Put your words in my mouth that I may speak words to be a blessing to all who are listening. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage December 6 All that a son could be Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15 Paul loved Timothy, his own son in the faith. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2 the great apostle often drew the younger disciple out, questioning him in regard to scripture history, and as they traveled from place to place, he carefully taught him how to do successful work. The affection between Paul and Timothy began when began with Timothy's conversion, and the tie had strengthened as they had shared the hopes, the perils, and the toils of missionary life till they seemed to be as one. The disparity in their ages and the difference in their characters made their love for each other more earnest. The ardent, zealous, indomitable spirit of Paul found repose and comfort in the mild, yielding, retiring disposition of Timothy. The faithful ministration and tender love of this tried companion had brightened many a dark hour in the apostle's life. All that a son could be to a loved and honored father, the youthful Timothy was to the tried and lonely Paul. Paul loved Timothy because Timothy loved God. His intelligent knowledge of experimental piety and of the truth gave him distinction and influence. The piety and influence of his home life was not of a cheap order, but pure, sensible, and uncorrupted by false sentiments. The word of God was the rule which guided Timothy. Impressions of the highest possible order were kept before his mind. His home instructors cooperated with God in educating this young man to bear the burdens that were to come upon him at an early age. In his work, Timothy constantly sought Paul's advice and instruction. 
He did not move from impulse but exercised consideration and calm thought. The Holy Spirit found in him one who could be molded and fashioned as a temple for the indwelling of the Divine Presence. As the lessons of the Bible are wrought in the daily life, they have a deep and lasting influence upon the character. These lessons Timothy learned and practiced. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is All That a Son Could Be. I'm reminded of the promise that Jesus made to the apostles. In the book of Mark chapter 10, after the rich young ruler had heard the conditions he needed to meet before following Jesus, which was to sell all that he had, Peter asked Jesus a question. That is Mark chapter 10, reading from verse 28, he says, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake, and the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. Amen. You see, Paul was one who had left all for Jesus. Barnabas also, if you read the book of First Corinthians 9 and you hear how he was talking about, have we not the right to lead about a wife? Have we not the right to forbear working? But Paul did not take his rights. But the Lord fulfilled this promise for Paul. He did not marry. He didn't have a wife. Therefore, he didn't have children. He, his life was somewhat lonely. And that's why the Lord fulfilled the promise for him. Timothy was a son to Paul, even though Paul didn't have a wife or a child. And funny enough, well, somehow, I don't know why, whether it is something very significant or not, but here in the book of Mark 10, when Jesus was saying what we will leave and what we will get, in the part of what we will leave, he would, there was houses and there was wives. But when he was talking about what you will get a hundredfold, whether I, I don't know if it's intentional, but there's no wife mentioned there. The role is what matters actually. You see, Paul, Barnabas, they didn't have wives. And it's good to have one because they actually do a good work for those who are doing this work that's like Paul. But Paul usually said, mm, this whole thing of marriage is not for him. He had a gift, like he said, for him that God gave him the gift he didn't need to marry. But there were needs that Paul had. There was this man called Mark, John Mark. We'll talk about him in subsequent devotions. In the book of Acts 13 verse 5, it says there that Paul and Barnabas had John Mark to their minister. He was doing domestic duties for them. In Acts 13 verse 13, it says that John left them and departed to Jerusalem. The work that Mark would have done as a minister or as maybe a son to Paul and Barnabas, Timothy was being groomed to do. He especially was as a son to Paul. He gave himself over to do the lowly duties as a son for Paul and those with him. In doing this, he was preparing himself to be a minister of the church of God. He patiently did little duties like Elisha was doing for Elijah. Timothy humbled himself to Paul and never felt proud to be called a son or to refuse rather to be called a son of Paul. You know, there are many who in their independent spirit 
will not consider it a privilege to be called a son by Paul. They would interpret it as though Paul is taking them to be their boy or their protege. But this was the case. Timothy was Paul's boy. He was his protege. He was his son. And like he said when he addressed Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. You see, there's a kind of ungodly pride and independence that parades itself as godliness, actually, that refuses to give honor where honor is due. Paul saw Timothy as his son and actually called him my son. And Timothy knew that he owed his spiritual growth to Paul, so he did not see it as a terrible thing. He saw Paul as his father. In doing this, Paul did not take the place of Timothy's heavenly father, that is the place of God in the life of Timothy, but as a father in the faith, one who was responsible for the spiritual upbuilding of Timothy, one who had the greatest contribution to his life and who Timothy learned godly things from. This is the same way Elisha saw Elijah as his father, so that he called to Elijah, My father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen thereof. Timothy also called Paul his father. A very important thing to note here is that Timothy had no special talent, but that Paul could safely advise him because Timothy was not self-sufficient. In other words, he was self-distrusting and always seeking for advice and guidance from people whom he considered to be better, more experienced and more spiritual than himself. This is a very important character to have. That humility that submits itself to those of experience and to the word of God will soon become the mightiest intellect and the wisest leader. There are some youth and even adults who have a spirit of independence and feel it as a mark of greatness to achieve things without the help of anyone. They derive joy in saying, I did it by myself. And the thought that they achieved those things alone gives them satisfaction. Nobody helped me. Nobody's responsible for my spiritual growth. It was just me and I learned this by myself. They don't want to give credit to where credit is due. Not to even talk of calling somebody else father. You even try to call the person, oh my son, say, I'm not your son. Timothy didn't do that with Paul because he knew very well that Paul was indeed as a father to him. Like Paul said, a father in the faith. And he wouldn't hesitate to call him father. You know, sometimes we are very proud. We find it hard to call people brother, uncle, father. To us, we see it as, no, you are, you are not my uh, spiritual father. Of course, people are not going to take the place of God in your life. But the truth is that in this relationship between Paul and Timothy, and I've also mentioned Elisha and Elijah, we see a kind of humility that doesn't feel it to be a mark of degradation or to be something humbling or embarrassing to call someone else who you know very well is responsible for your growth call him father some of us say father abraham is also but we want to still go to the bible passage that says call no man father or call no man master yes the context in which jesus was saying call no man master is different from when we say Father Abraham or when Timothy was calling Paul Father and when Paul calls Timothy my son. You see, in that context, 
I mean, when we look at the the, the title that we have in the, some churches where they call people Father, Holy Father, and the rest of them, they don't relate to the other people as their sons. They relate to them as their subjects. They don't say, oh, my son, my daughter. It's usually just my subjects. I'm above you. I can forgive your sins and the rest of that. It's the role that matters. Paul wasn't taking the role of God in heaven to forgive Timothy's sins. He wasn't taking that role in Paul in Timothy's life. It is the earthly fatherly role that he took in Timothy's life. So my point is, we learned something from Timothy. In calling Paul father and in Paul calling him son, him accepting it to be called the son of Paul, it was it's something it looks like a small thing but it is humility check in your own life have you seen yourself in that condition where you don't want to be looked at as somebody's protege it's the same thing it can be pride that's causing it our lord jesus though he's all-powerful and mighty and able to do all things by himself does not propose to do all things by himself he rather reserves a privilege to mortals like us that we may share in the joy of service we are to imitate him we have no choice but to do so. There are some youths who have a competitive spirit and seem to place themselves on par or in competition with their fellow laborers or with those of experience. Such ones will make shipwreck of faith. You can do that when you are engaged in worldly pursuits. But when you attempt to do that in spiritual things, in God's mercy, He will humble you because He cannot work with those who have such a spirit. That is a carnal weapon and not the armor of God. Such ones who feel like oh they are in one competition with this other brother or sister they leave themselves open to the attacks of satan since they are not clothed with the armor of god if timothy had the spirit of strife the last thing he would want is a letter from paul or advice from him since he wants to prove to paul that he could fare well or do very well without paul but none of this spirit was in timothy he was self-distrustful not that he couldn't reason for himself but the fact is that being a child he understood his weakness and his lack of intelligence he respected the experience and wisdom of the aged paul and submitted himself to paul's guidance we have to be careful of that pride that makes itself difficult for us to receive counsel or to ask for it there are some who consider it a mark of weakness or defeat to be guided by another person they do not want to give the impression that they can be controlled or that they are subject to someone else they are always afraid that someone else will gloat over their success or use them to shine as they would say they want an independence that will make them proud but rather they will paint it as i want god to take all the glory therefore i don't want any man to lead me you really <laughs> if you want god to take all the glory are you sure that was that's what it is or you want to take all the glory to yourself as though nobody helped me these kind of people will not appreciate to be guided if such people enter into the work of the ministry they will certainly make shipwreck of the work and will miscarry it this is a most solemn and sacred work and pride will certainly lead to a fall the humility of timothy is on record for every youth and adult for us to follow of all the graces of the spirit the grace of humility towards god is one that is well calculated to make us wise unto salvation humility and sound judgment found in god's word will make the most unpromising and untalented youth to be wise and strong no matter how intelligent you are if you cannot be humble enough to receive advice from those of better and greater experience than yourself you will stagnate in your intelligence you will not grow the person who you think is dull will one day become far more efficient intelligent wiser and powerful than you 
If you refuse to receive advice because you think you don't want to another person to feel like they are above me. I don't want this person to think he's the one that trained me. I don't want him to think that it's because of him I know what I know. I don't want him to think that he's the one I owe my spiritual growth to him. If that's the kind of mindset you have, you remain where you are. And those who are humble, who seek advice, who want to ask questions like Timothy, even though they are not as intelligent as yourself, they will someday become more efficient and even more intelligent than yourself. Reading from Testimonies, Volume 1, page 443, paragraph 1 and downward, we are told, Brethren of experience should be guarded, and instead of expecting these young preachers to help and lead them, should feel a responsibility upon them to take charge of these young preachers, to instruct, advise, and lead them to have a fatherly care for them. Young ministers should have system, a firm purpose, and a mind to work. That they may eat no man's bread for naught. They should not go from place to place and introduce some points of our faith calculated to stir up prejudice and leave before the evidences of present truth are half presented. Young men who think that they have a duty to do in connection with the work should not take the responsibility of teaching the truth until they have availed themselves the privilege of being under the influence of some experienced preacher who is systematic in his work. They should learn of him as a pupil at school would learn of his teacher. They should not go hither and thither with no definite object or matured plans to carry out in their labor. Some who have but little experience are least qualified to teach the truth are the last to ask advice and counsel of their experienced brethren. They put on the minister and place themselves on a level with those of long and tried experience and are not satisfied until they can lead, thinking that because they are ministers, they know all that is worth knowing. Such preachers certainly lack a true knowledge of themselves. They do not possess becoming modesty and have altogether too high an opinion of their own abilities. Ministers of experience who realize the sacredness of the work and feel the weight of the course upon them are jealous of themselves. They consider it a privilege to advise their brethren and are offended if improvements are suggested in their plans of labor or in their manner of speaking. End of quote. So the point being made here is, as we look at the life of Timothy, we see that Paul could advise him, that was something we read here, that he could receive advice from Paul. We also read that Paul carefully taught him and would ask him questions in regard to the scripture history as they traveled from place to place and two of them, their affection and tie strengthened as they suffered together the perils and the toils of the missionary life and they were like one. And the disparity in their age didn't make them to be alienated, but it made them to even be more united because they needed each other. Timothy was a mild person, calm person. And Paul found in him all that a son could be to a loved and honored father. We read in Conflict and Courage, page 346, paragraph 3, it says, the ardent, zealous, indomitable spirit of Paul found repose and comfort in the mild, yielding, retiring disposition of Timothy. I just want to say here that even some preachers, even if they are like this, this is exactly if they wanted to have a wife, for example, it's not necessarily somebody who is like them, indomitable, 
opera and all of that. No. You see, God united the indomitable spirit of Paul with the mild, yielding, retiring disposition of Timothy. It goes on to say the faithful ministration and tender love of this tried companion had brightened many a dark hour in the apostle's life. All that a son could be to a loved and honored father, the youthful Timothy was to the tried and the last of days is the tried and lonely Paul. Amen. End of quote. So the life of Paul was brightened by this boy, Timothy. Like I said earlier, Paul didn't lead about a wife, but he needed someone with him. You remember the story of Elijah and Elisha? The same thing. Then Elijah and Gehazi and Elijah and the other servants. No man is an island. No man is an island. If it was easy for Paul and Barnabas to do this work alone, they wouldn't need John Mark to minister to them. If it was easy for Paul to do the work alone, he wouldn't need Timothy. But he needed Timothy. And Timothy did a work for him that a wife would have done for him. He helped him to make him not to be lonely. And apart from that, Paul, Paul wasn't looking for someone like himself who would come and preach. And No, 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 that's not what he needed. He could do that. But there were other things he needed. He needed comfort. He needed companionship. He needed someone he could share the joys with. Somebody that would endure the pain with him. He didn't have a wife, but he had Timothy. Somebody who was with him all the way. Who was mild and yielding. What he needs so that was that kind of person who would listen to him who he would teach, not necessarily at that stage at least, at the beginning stage of Timothy's life, somebody who may go out and preach all the mighty messages at that time. No, Timothy was still being trained. But there are other needs that Paul had and Timothy satisfied that for Paul. And I said earlier, one lesson we learned from Timothy is the this mild hidden spirit, humility that made him to grow, to become someone that could be filled with the Holy Spirit conflict and courage page 346 paragraph 5 says in his work timothy constantly sought paul's advice he did not move from impulse but exercised consideration and calm thought the holy spirit found in him one who could be molded and fashioned as a temple for the indwelling of the divine presence amen end of quote so what was it that made timothy to be one whom the holy spirit could feel it is because he was always seeking for advice. And it wasn't just advice, oh, let me study my Bible. He trusted in a human like Paul. And Paul was able to teach him and direct him. And he didn't feel proud to be directed. And I'm saying this because it is a spirit that is in many young people that they are proud to be directed. They are proud to be led. They don't want to say, oh, this person taught me this. There is that pride and independence that makes them to feel, I think it's the devil that just brings it to the mind. They feel like, I don't want to say, is this person that taught me? I don't want to say, is this person that led me? I don't want to say that it's this person that is responsible for my spiritual growth. And then those passages can come to the mind and say, oh, call no man father. But Timothy knew very well what those passages meant. But he still saw Paul as his father. He owed his spiritual growth to Paul and Paul was receiving lots of comfort from Timothy who was helping him in so many ways, whether it's in domestic duties or in just being there to comfort him, listening to him. And how was it that Timothy had this kind of experience? It is like what we read in our devotion yesterday. He was protected from the evils of society and those that brought him up brought him up very well. I read it in the devotion. 
in Conflict and Courage, page 346, paragraph 4, he says, The piety and influence of his home, that's Timothy's home life, was not of a cheap order, but pure, sensible, and uncorrupted by false sentiments. Do you remember the false sentiments we looked at in yesterday's devotion? Yes. The atmosphere Timothy grew in, there was no Barbie, no Superman, no Spider-Man, no Batman, no Tom and Jerry. There was no going to school with all those club activities. There was no debate society, end of year party, Easter, Christmas party and all of that. Those things were not in Timothy's life. That was why he was the way he was. The word of God was the rule which guided Timothy. Impressions of the highest possible order were kept before his mind. What do we keep before the mind of children today? When they are making noise, keep them before Tom and Jerry, keep them before Teletubbies, keep them before Disney, Mickey Mouse and the rest of them. That's what we keep before the mind and impressions are made on them through those things. But in the life of Timothy, it says the word of God was the rule which guided him. Impressions of the highest possible order were kept before his mind. His home instructors, which is Eunice, Lois, Paul, all of them, cooperated with God in educating this young man to bear the burdens that were to come upon him at an early age. End of quote. Young people at an early age too can be like Timothy if they will only be trained from childhood to be what God wants them to be. Timothy's career was already chosen from him right chosen for him right from when he was a little child. And from then on he was being trained for it. No distractions. What does a preacher, one who's going to be a pastor, what does he need to do? The word of God. Study it. And right from his childhood, he was studying it. So that as a young man, he was already ready to be a minister and to lead the flock of the Lord. The Lord is in need of people like Paul and Timothy today. Not just as people who have individual characters to be preachers, but people who will work as companions, old and young, working together, leading teaching one another to grow, the young listening to the older, receiving instruction, seeing them as the father and the older one who is more experienced looking at the younger one as their own son and leading them in the way of the Lord. And reading from Conflicts and Courage, page 346, paragraph 6, we are told, as the lessons of the Bible are wrought into the daily life, they have a deep and lasting influence upon the character. These things Timothy learned and practiced, end of quote. You have children in your home. Have you thought about bringing them up for the Lord just like Lois and Eunice did for Timothy? It could be your daughter, it could be your son. The world is teeming with iniquity and wickedness and the Lord is in need of people who will consecrate themselves like Timothy and Paul to do a work that is being neglected. It is not just the work that we see people doing, just mere ministers are calling themselves pastors today, no. A different kind of ministry is needed like that of Paul, people who know the truth and can rightly divide the word of truth and will teach it in its power. It takes effort to train young people to become like Timothy. And it takes parents who would drop their own earthly worldly ambitions and would give their child up for God like Hannah did for Samuel and like Lois and Eunice did for Timothy. Yes, your child could be make you proud, so-called, and be a doctor tomorrow. Be like Elon Musk, one of the richest men today. Yes, it is true. But that's not what God needs. God is in need of preachers. God is in need of people who would lead others into the truth. 
and they are not going to necessarily be like the rest of the world in being famous, popular, and then you say, oh, that's my son. Yeah, that's my daughter. But believe you me, they will make you proud nevertheless. Do not think that if you give your child over to God, that their life is going to be miserable and they will do you harm and you are not going to get the blessing that you think should be yours. There is no better blessing than for the Lord to say that this is the son of this and that person. They will give honor to you. When the Bible says honor your father and your mother, the best thing a child can do to honor their parents is to live a godly life and work for the Lord. Because in heaven, even if the parent is angry with that child on this earth, the child is still honoring the parents. Because as far as God is concerned, that child, even if the parents are wicked people, it will be said this is the son or daughter of so and so person. Whether the parent likes it or not, the parent is the owner of that child. And it is he who God knows, okay, this is the child of this person. They are honoring you. And you can take pride in it. You can, you can be happy with it that your child is doing the work of God. We should think about it in training our children for the Lord. Of course, when a child grows up, they can choose for themselves what they want to do. But we can choose and say, I want this, my child, as a career to be this or that. Just like Anna did for Samuel and Eunice and Lois did for Timothy. Parents, the ball is in your court to train your child in the way of the Lord, if you please. Or to take them in a way that will bring glory to yourself and not necessarily glory to God. But I pray that you would understand the need that Jesus has today of people like Timothy who will do a special work and feel that need as you see that there is need for it. Let your own child be the one that will feel the need. Let your own self be the one that will train that child to feel that need because the Lord is in need of such people. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for these words you've spoken to us now. I pray if there is a parent out there hearing these words, has a child and doesn't know how but wants to bring that child up for you please lord educate such a parent lead them to the knowledge of the truth please lord create the right atmosphere for them to bring up their children and i pray that you touch the hearts of many parents today that they may see the need of bringing up their children to be workers for you and drop their own ambitions but rather give their children over to be used for the glory of the Lord. Touch our hearts, Lord, to be sensitive to you, to these needs, that we may feel them ourselves, even if it's not our children, that we can make the sacrifices like Paul made. He didn't need to train anyone. He was training Timothy so that Timothy can do his own, but he himself did it, and I pray you help us to see that necessity to give ourselves over to do the work of the Lord in different areas as you call us, as you make the providence for us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.